honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and I'd like to get it on Podomatic one of these days, but it's also on Double Twist, which is good for your Android applications. Of course, Apple, iTunes, and Stitcher is on pretty much every uh, mobile device that's in existence out there. So there you go. Thank you again for joining Kimberwell's Explosion today. Let's jump right into the reviews. We have three games to review, and unfortunately, all losses. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's one recurring theme here. There's uh, one common recurring theme with all three of these uh, losses here. And, well, the Timberwolves gave up the century mark in all three of them. What did I talk about last episode? The all-important century mark. So, yeah, it seems like whenever the Wolves give up 100 points, they lose. But I got to say, the last game played against Indiana yesterday, Saturday, December the 26th, was not uh, <laughs> was not because... They give up the century mark. Uh, we'll talk about that one shortly. We'll talk about more reasons with that one. Hmm. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. But I, I guess the other recurring theme in this one is the old Wiley Coyote wall. It's back. Wiley Coyote painted the wall. Boom. We talked about that on the last show, but it's going to probably be an ongoing theme until until the Wolves kind of get things in, in gear a little bit here and start like to either hang on to leads or stay in games or whatever the hell is ailing them. I, I, hmm. Yeah, it just kind of is what it is. So Monday, December 21st, I had the Wolves winning that game, and I had them losing to San Antonio and Indiana. Kind of about what I expected, in a sense. Well, ironically, the Wolves scored 88 points against Indiana, but Indiana scored uh, 102, not 99. So pretty damn close there. Spurs, uh, kind of about the same. I thought the Wolves would score more than 83. And Celtics game, mm, just disappointing. Uh, Huge theme in this one, perimeter defense. I mean, we don't have any. Do we have any perimeter defense on this team? Not really. The Celtics are decent. There's not a whole lot of recognizable names, but then again, there kind of are. Uh, you have, uh, <laughs> yeah, you have Joe Crowder. Well, okay, he had a double double in the game. Joe Crowder. <laughs> yeah, Joe Crowder. All right. Uh, David Lee got to start. Played about as many minutes as Garnett sometimes does. About 22. <laughs> yeah, he nearly got a double double. Kelly Olynyk was really good for the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas. That's the thing that's kind of disappointing here. In a game when Isaiah Thomas doesn't play well, and you still get scorched from the outside, you still get your ass kicked. Uh, whatever. Uh, Jonas Jarebko made all of his threes. Kelly Olenek made all of his threes. Joe Crowder made half of his. Avery Bradley, 2 of 6. 12 of 25, good for 48% from the outside. That's a big fat loss as far as I'm concerned, even for a team that shot <laughs> under 60% from the free throw line. In the Boston Celtics, the Wolves only two of 13, 15% from three-point range. So that pretty much is uh, that pretty much spells out this one: perimeter defense and perimeter offense. That's where the Wolves got their ass kicked. And plus the fact, well, Towns 
and Wiggins were fantastic. Another theme that's been kind of going on with Towns lately, he starts really strong, gets a little quiet, and then he picks it up again in the fourth quarter. That's good. Wiggins starts really slow, and then he picks it up in the fourth quarter most of the time, (laughs) in the third or fourth quarter. So usually, unfortunately, during the course of this week, in garbage time, uh, both Wiggins and Towns with 25 and 26, uh, 26 for Wiggins, pardon me, I went backwards there. Towns with a massive double-double, 16 rebounds in the game. Clearly the the best player on the floor most of the night until Wiggins started racking up the points and getting to the free throw line and such. Again, 26 points for him. Levine solid with 17. It was pretty much those three guys. Gorgie was good as well, uh, but not a whole lot of help from others out there. Shabazz clearly was on his game and only was relegated to 16 minutes. So not sure where to go with that one. Very disappointing. There, no Kevin Garnett to uh, <laughs> to play against the Boston Celtics, but he still was available to wave and get a long standing ovation from the crowd, which was very cool. Maybe, probably, maybe, probably his last game in Boston, and of course he didn't even play in it, so that's too bad due to a back to back via the uh, Brooklyn Net game just the night before, or afternoon before. Um, do you want to blame this on the whole back to back thing? I I don't know. I mean. Wiggins and Towns are pretty good. Other guys were not. Rubio, 1 of 9 from the floor. That's not going to help you very much. 4 steals and 8 assists. That's good. But when your team just, you know, can't shoot from the outside and they give up 48% from the outside on the other team, I mean, you're just not going to win. Ultimately, the perimeter defense is what cost the Wolves this game, without a doubt. I mean, 99 points isn't that bad when your two stars show up to play and even the third guy... Still manages to get 17 points, which is still above his average coming off the bench in Zach Levine. Winnable game, but when there's no defense, there's no victory. So, sorry, there you go. There's a loss for the Wolves in that one. San Antonio coming to Minnesota, Indiana coming to Minnesota. So, Wednesday, December the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve, and I hope all of you had a Merry Christmas, without a doubt. I, I did for the most part. In fact, it was actually kind of more chill than ever this year, in a good way. Um, kind of like, uh, I don't need to explain it too much, I probably shouldn't. It just was more chill, more relaxed than in, ta- in, in, in the past. I'll just kind of leave it at that. It was, it was good. It was a good thing. Uh, Spurs just kind of do their thing. No perimeter defense for the Wolves. 108-83. to The Wolves' offense doesn't show up, and the Spurs just do what they do. Pass the ball around 100 miles an hour. The Wolves can't keep up. This guy's covered. Oh, but that one isn't. It's too late. Three. You know, that's basically the theme of this entire game. Pardon me for saying, you know, you know, too much. Uh, Ginobili, certainly not what he used to be. Shooting 70% from, from three-point range against the Wolves years ago. And that really did happen. Uh, team effort by the Spurs. Nobody was really spectacular. Kawhi Leonard did wind up with 19 points to lead the way. But an overall team effort. Patty Mills missed all three of his attempts. But Green, Parker, same old story. Kawhi Leonard, three of seven. I mean, nobody shot poorly from the outside out of that group. And Ginobili made two of four from three. Also, no surprise, ultimately, seeing Ginobili make threes on the Wolves. In fact, he didn't make a single regular field goal in the game. He added his two free throws to win it with eight points. Just the sim- similar theme to the Boston game. I mean, what, what more is there to say? The Wolves just perimeter defense did not show up to play for the same uh, for <laughs> back-to-back games here, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. Just zero perimeter defense. Threes were raining on the Wolves all night long. 
even though it was only 10, but it felt like more than that. <laughs> and it was always at a time when, well, the Wolves hoped to be semi-getting back in the game, and then they ultimately weren't. Wiggins and Towns only 10 points apiece. Zach Levine with 17 again. Very similar game to Boston for him. Shabazz Muhammad got some more minutes and got some more points. So that's good. Good to see Shabazz winding up with 15 points in only 21 minutes. But of course, a, a lot of that in, in times when the Wolves are trailing by 20, which was unfortunately most of the way in this one. Not a whole lot of positivity to talk about other than Carl uh, Anthony Towns getting a double-double. Other than that, just a kind of a bunch of garbage. Dorgi Zhang very efficient in the time he played. Uh, Zhang, by the way, started at power forward in place of Garnett, which I highly agree with. I actually like that move by Sam Mitchell. I think it's actually kind of a common sense move. Gargi Zheng is kind of similar to Garnett. And I'm not, you know, he, he's got a similar build, a similar type of game. Not as good as it, as Garnett's was. We all know what, we all know that, but just saying, kind of a similar style of player as Garnett. Kind of lengthy, long, defense, energy, rebound, all that good stuff. That's, that's what Gargi Zheng does bring to the Timberwolves and some efficiency and some good passing, believe it or not. Uh, Towns had some pretty nice passes during the course of this week, but only one assist in this game overall. Just a frustrating game for the Wolves, who didn't shoot well at all. They only attempted 10 threes in the game, making three of them only 41% from the floor. Not going to get it done against a team in the Spurs that just scorched the net all night long against the Wolves. Nothing new there. Nothing to see here. It's just a broken record when you talk about Wolves and Spurs. That's why I don't have a whole lot to say about this game. Uh, one final note, Tyus Jones, back with the Wolves, played 20 minutes, not bad. 3 of 7 from the floor, 6 points, 2 steals in the game, if you can believe that, and 2 assists. Again, though, not really in meaningful minutes, because the whole game felt like garbage time. <laughs> I really hate saying that. Like, the first quarter was okay, I suppose, but after that, it was okay, it was it was good for like a couple minutes, and then and then the Spurs just kind of took, kind of kind of went from there, took it, and ran and that was it. It was like the first five minutes or so, and then the Spurs just kind of took the lead and ran with it, so the whole game mainly felt like garbage time as far as I'm concerned. The Spurs went to 25-5, and five, the Wolves dropping all the way down to 11 and 18. Oh, goody, there go my numbers, don't they? There go my numbers, and I know I'm not just nitpicking about numbers all the time, but it, it kind of sucks. It's nice when people actually listen to the show, and there's a little bit of, uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit of uh, excitement, a little bit of hype around it, but what can you do when you start losing games like crazy? Indiana comes to town Saturday, December the 26th. This might be a short first segment because it, eh, it's just like, eh, what really is there to say? Terrible perimeter defense, man. Eh, this one, though, yeah, the perimeter defense wasn't real good. It wasn't the best, but the Pacers weren't exactly scorching the net. In fact, they only attempted 12 threes in the game, making four of them. The threes weren't really the problem. Okay, I'm looking at the wrong one. Uh, they actually attempted 26 threes. What am I talking about? Yeah, I, I thought they attempted a lot, but they weren't making them. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> they made 50% uh, from the floor, though, because of Wolves' turnovers. 21, to be exact. 21 turnovers for the Wolves. Uh, Pacers shot 9 of 26, and yeah, they attempted a trillion of them. That's what I thought. I'm losing my mind here, and I do apologize for that. Um, Wiggins, mm, I don't know. It, something something was missing from him in this game. He still managed to attempt. Uh, he made 9 of 18 shots in the game for 19 points, which isn't bad, but his aggressiveness was missing. He was just settling for jump shots the entire night. He only went to the line, well, twice, you could say. One of them was for an and one, and he actually made it, but the others, early in the game, he got to the line on a, after a really nice move that couldn't finish because he was 
you know, he was pretty much tied up. There's no way you could finish that play. And then he misses both of the free throws badly. And it's like, that's just a harbinger for what's to come in the game. Uh, Towns started out really, really well. 14 or 12 points in the first quarter. And then he only got two in the second. And then later in the game, wound up with 24. So that's good. Again, another theme with Towns. A little bit of Wiley Coyote going on sometimes in that, in that second quarter. Oh, man. Definite Wiley Coyote for the Wolves during the course of this one. It, it didn't really officially happen until the fourth quarter. But there were signs of it here and there in the second and third. When the Pacers would take five to ten point leads. But the Wolves would come back in and make it interesting in the fourth quarter. It was just harsh bleep. 36-20 to 20 in favor of the Indiana Pacers. Just started storching the Wolves and taking advantage of the non-stop turnovers. In fact, both teams wound up with 21 turnovers in this game. Were they sleeping? Were they on drugs? I don't know. Let's let's try not to think about the, the, uh, the latter there. That's probably not a really cool thing to say. Buttinger showed up to play with 11 points. Yay, I'm so happy for him. Uh... But uh, overall, when the Pacers, uh, Paul George barely showed up to play until the fourth quarter. In fact, he had like seven points like in the third quarter. It's like, man, he's not doing anything much. But it didn't really matter when the Wolves are turning the ball over just about every time down the floor. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns had five turnovers. One of them, it was like a nifty pass from the top of the key, but it was an ill-advised pass. It's too far away, and the defender was in front of, uh, I believe the pass was attended, intended for... Gorgie, I do believe. Yep, so it was intended for Gorgie. And the ball just got tipped away. Like, eh. Like, it was no problem for the Pacers. It was so frustrating. Uh, Towns had a really nice pass to Kevin Garnett. That was awesome. Garnett's only basket in the game. <laughs> Overall, some of the uh, selection, though, from Roby on his passes, they were good. He wound up with nine assists in the game and everything. But well, there's a, a play that continues to happen between Rubio and Prince. Where it's just, they just hurl it over to Prince. Oh, he's wide open, but he's like 18, 17, 18 feet away. I don't know. I mean, yay, you're going to settle for that. You're going to settle for Tayshaun Prince taking a 17 uh, foot shot. That's great, I guess. Kind of lame. I think we can do better than that. That, That's just my humble opinion. (laughs) I think we can do better. Uh, Overall, though, just a lack of aggressiveness and a lack of. A lack of, like, straight thinking for this team. They, they just couldn't think straight the whole game. And I'm getting tired. I'm getting, like, a like a sleepy headache thinking about it. Just watching it. What the hell was that? You had five turnovers for Towns overall. Five for Rubio. Six for Gorgia Zhang. I mean, what the hell? He couldn't hang on to the ball. And every time he tried to pass, he was passing it into the passing lane. Forgive me for using the same word so many times. But he was just passing it into into coverage the whole game. What What an absolute mess. In fact, out of those three guys alone, you had 16 turnovers. That's unbelievable. Out of three guys, 16 turnovers. And Zach Levine is in one of them. He only had one turnover in the game, which is kind of surprising. Yet he still was a minus 20, which was worst on the team. Wrap your head around that. Well, I suppose poor perimeter defense again. (laughs) Again, (laughs) only 9 of 26 from the floor for Indiana, because I know they shoot for three about a million times every game. That's just how the Pacers have been for a long, 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 long time. But they weren't really scorching the net all that much. Yet still wound up with 102 points because, again, capitalizing got Wolves turnovers. And they actually made their free throws, unlike most of the Timberwolves in this game. <laughs> or at least unlike Wiggins, we'll say. Uh, overall, not an exciting game. Not an exciting week. Adrian Payne drained both of his threes in the first quarter. That was nice. It was nice to see. Kept the Wolves going. Even gave them little leads here and there. Things looked promising for a while. And then they just got... 
They just got more lazy. Like, whatever laziness the Wolves brought into this game, which was quite evident, and the Pacers were, uh, the Pacers <laughs> were in the season of giving as well throughout the game with constant turnovers, cross-court passes that are just like, what are you doing? That, those type of turnovers. But then the laziness really kind of, <laughs> kind of went full force for the Wolves in that fourth quarter, and the Pacers got serious. That's why the Pacers have a winning record and the Wolves have a losing record, I suppose. That's pretty much the story of this one. Towns, despite the poor shooting from both clubs, only wound up with uh, eight points in the game. Poor shooting for the most part from the outside and stuff. Only eight rebounds in the game for Towns, and that led the way, which is kind of strange. You'd think somebody would have gotten like 12 or 13, but I suppose it was spread around all over the place. Even Rubio had five rebounds, seven for Gorgie, Tyus Jones, Limited minutes, nothing special at all on this one, but he did wind up with three rebounds in the game. Go figure. <laughs> he even managed to get a block shot, and they're just tipping a ball away <laughs> at the last second. Kind of cool to see, but again, not a sharp game at all. Just a very dull, boring, lame effort for the Wolves, particularly in that fourth quarter. Thought we were going to do something with it, but we didn't get it done. Carl Anthony Towns night, he performed well. He showed up an overall very strong week for Carl Towns. You can kind of guess where I'm going as I head into the uh, weekly awards here. Now I can call it weekly, and it's not like <laughs> it's not like it's two or three weeks away from the last show. So I might as well hop into it right now. Lone Wolf Award is going to go to Carl Anthony Towns. Overall, strong week. He had a 26 or 25 point game against the Celtics. Only 10 against the Spurs, but he still managed to get a double double and, and looked decent against Tim Duncan and and such out there. And he also had uh, this really solid effort against the Pacers, despite the fact he had a lot of turnovers and was kind of, kind of like confused looking out there, but still managed to shoot 10 of 16. Really nice mid-range shot uh, overall, and then finishing uh, inside as well, 24 and 8, like I mentioned, even three assists, some nice passes, but some ill-advised passes. That's that's the stuff that could have possibly had him lose the Lone Wolf Award, but nobody was going to take it from him. It wasn't Andrew Wiggins. If if he was aggressive down the stretch in this game, he would have definitely taken it away. But no, sorry, sorry, Andrew. You get second place this week. <laughs> Rubio was a distant third. Or actually, even you could even say Rubio and Gorgie kind of tied for a distant third overall. Um, Johnny Flynn Memorial. Hmm. Well. Hmm. Oh, boy. Overall, just some of the decision-making in general, like some of the, some of the, the well, I'm, I'm going to go with the perimeter defense with this one. Just the perimeter defense in general is going to go, is, is going to earn the Johnny Flynn Memorial. It's just an absolute joke. Giving up threes, and I know it's been going on since about 2005 when Rashad McCancis here. Just one three after another. Perimeter defense not getting it done, though it wasn't quite as huge of a problem in this one. Yet the Pacers were able to attempt 26 threes in the game. So it does tell you that guys did have a chance to make the shots. They just didn't capitalize on them. So good for them. Nice little homecoming for Glenn Robinson. About four minutes and two rebounds. Yeah, well, it is what it is. So that's the Johnny Flynn Memorial. One other take, though, that I'd like to get into before I start previewing uh, <laughs> in segment number two here. Colonel Anthony Towns is representing what I predicted in the uh, during uh, during back last spring when I was looking to hope the Wolves were going to draft Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I was hoping Flip was going to take him. He was going to change his mind from Jalil Ogafer, who people would compare to Tim Duncan with all the up-and-under moves. Well, I compared Carl Anthony Towns to another San Antonio Spurs big man who, in fact, mentored Tim Duncan. That, that guy was named David Robinson. And Carl Anthony Towns continues to remind me very much of David Robinson with that mid-range shot, the shot blocking, and the rebounding. His his overall 
powerful inside game as well to go along with that mid-range shot really is reminiscent of David Robinson. Uh, some people compare him to Patrick Ewing as well. A, a, a lot of people have compared him to uh, Patrick Ewing because of that mid-range shot and how Ewing had that nice, uh, he, you know, he could shoot from the baseline and kind of like right around the free throw line and stuff, mid-range shots. But Ewing was slow and Robinson was quick. Carl Anthony Towns to me is quick. So I'm going to I'm gonna go in the David Robinson department when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns. And I think he's headed in that direction. Maybe he'll be better. Hmm. And both of them did go number one overall, but unfortunately the Spurs had to wait a few years because, well, why is David Robinson named the Admiral? Because <laughs> because he was in the Navy. So it took about three years for Robinson to come to the United, uh, come to the well, come back to the United States to play with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Drafted ni- number one overall in 1987, but didn't didn't play until 1991. So that's a long wait. Oh, there you go, Admiral David Robinson. <laughs> That's pretty much the uh, the story with that one. Luckily, we didn't have to wait that long for Carl Anthony Towns. Just a couple months during the summer for, well, you know, the season to start. That's about all it was. Uh, yes, great decision-making final final uh, first-round pick for uh, Mr. Carl, uh, Mr. Flip Saunders, other than, of course, Tyus Jones trading up for him. God rest Flip's soul. Big time there, man. Big time. Uh, the Christmas games, did you guys watch them? I watched him on and off, on and off, so kind of distracted in and out during the course of the day. Nothing really spectacular, though. I'm sure Cleveland and Golden State, yeah, a lot of you were so happy that the Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers again. I wasn't too happy, and LeBron James did what he does way too often, missed free throws and wasn't clutched down the stretch, and oh, goody, the Warriors just shoot the ball and it goes in. Hmm. That's just all there is to it. We're, we're happy for him. We really are happy for the Warriors. Sorry, Luke Will, I had to say that, if you happen to be listening. So let's wrap up this segment. I'm kind of losing my mind here. I'm going in all directions. Not happy with this week at all. Just, ah, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Show up and play. Damn it, please. At least Townsend Wiggins, for the most part, showed up and played. That's good, but sloppy as hell. Mm. So let's come back. Let's preview four games right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, somebody, please put a body on somebody from the outside. Mono Ginobili's open. Get out. Oh, well, he made it. Okay, somebody watched Kawhi Leonard. Too late. Oh, great. Kelly Olenek's open. Yeah, he made it, too. Oh, for goodness sake. Play some perimeter defense, please. Oh, please, stop complaining about that perimeter defense. It's not that bad. Yeah, actually it is. Well, we're back here at the Rules Explosion. <laughs> Segment number two, preview time. Four games to preview. Yay, I'm just looking at that first opponent, Monday, December the 28th. I'm so excited to head to San Antonio, Texas. I'm just, I'm just thrilled. Aren't you excited? San Antonio, Texas, man. We got this, baby. We got this by the ass. 
yeah, right. Do I even need to preview this game? I, seriously? I don't want to. I don't want to. If we win in San Antonio, good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Amazingly, the Spurs have lost recently to somebody. I'm not even going to go back and dig around with that one. Uh, somebody out there is predicting. See, she keeps saying the people demand. Huh? Spurs 103, Minnesota Timberwolves 93. <laughs> well, I hope we score 93. That 88 wasn't too good. Or was it 83 was not too cool. Um let the Kevin Martin rumors continue because he didn't even play the last couple of nights. In fact, well, one of them he played a couple of games. I didn't even talk about him a couple of minutes, but other than that, just an absolute mess. Who's going to show up in this one? Is it going to be Rubio? Why am I even bringing him up right now? Uh, it's it's going to be Wiggins or Towns, I suppose. Carl, uh, Carl Anthony Zheng, right? No, Gorgie Zheng. Hopefully he, uh, I, think, I think he'll be a factor. He's been a factor kind of off and on. All week he was he was third I think for the Lone Wolf Award. Towns I mean Towns and Wiggins last time around only had ten points though and that was kind of frustrating. Gorgie Zhang was solid in the game. I gotta think one of those two guys is gonna break out this time because getting ten points against the Spurs can't be sitting well. And I gotta think both of these guys are very uh, competitive. Andrew Wiggins is a lot more competitive than people give him credit. He needs to get to that free throw line if the Wolves are going to have any hope of winning this game. He needs to be aggressive. Needs to attack the lane. Get LaMarcus Eldridge and Tim Duncan in foul trouble. Boris Diaw in foul trouble. There has to be a chance. And I know Kawhi Leonard is a fantastic defender and so is Tim Duncan still at this stage. But uh, come on, guys. One of you has got to at least get 20-something in this game if the Wolves are going to have any hope of making this competitive and, well, just just showing up and, and representing the Timberwolves so that's what I got to think. And I do think one of them will. I think one of them is going to get 25 and the other is going to get 19. But unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot from other players. Maybe Zach will get 15. Shabazz Muhammad needs to be like a, like an X-factor off the bench for the Wolves to, to win this game, I think. You need, you need help from somebody like that. A Shabazz Muhammad or maybe Gorgie Zheng is a huge game, like a 2010 type of game. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, but I think, personally, I can see, I can see Towns winding up with twenty-ish, and like ten rebounds. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling Wiggins is going to have a big uh, is going to have a bigger game. I think he's going to get to that free throw line. I don't think that sat well with him. Uh, he shot so well in the game. I mean, nine of eighteen. Usually, a game like that, Wiggins gets to the line like eight to ten times, and then he winds up with mm, twenty-seven to thirty points in a game like that. Like against Indiana yesterday, the Wolves might have won the game in that situation. Possibly. It would have changed the whole feeling of that game. It would have changed the whole momentum, the whole morale of, of the team if Wiggins was playing at that level. And maybe, just maybe, the, the Pacers wouldn't go on quite the run that they did in the fourth quarter. Um, I, it seems like every time the Wolves go to San Antonio, it's like a sleep fest. They just get slaughtered, and they fall asleep, and maybe one guy does well, and the rest of the team does absolutely nothing. That's what I'm afraid is going to happen, but I have a feeling Wiggins is going to make things interesting getting to that free throw line. I think Towns will represent. He'll be decent. He's not going to get 10 points again, but I have a feeling Wiggins is going to wind up with like a 25 to 28 type of uh, type of game getting to that free throw line, like 10 free throw attempts. I have a sneaky feeling that's going to happen, and I really hope it does. Yeah, that's going to be a key. But ultimately, grand scheme of things, I think the Spurs are just too much. The perimeter defense for the Wolves will not be good enough. Danny Green, Mano Ginobili will probably combine for six three-pointers. Parker will probably get a... Parker and Mills will probably add another uh, five or six. I, I really hate saying this. I really do. But I have a feeling that's going to happen. It's going to be something like that. 
most likely the Spurs will make like 12 to 12 to 15 three-pointers in the game. God knows how many they'll have to attempt. Probably not that many if the Wolves' perimeter defense continues to look confused and lackadaisical out there. Spurs are going to wind up with another 110 probably. It's going to be something like 111 to 100. I'm going to go with that. I, I may have said that score like a million times in the past, but I don't know. That That's kind of a typical Wolves and Spurs game when the Wolves play decent offensively but not good enough defensively. So I'm going to go with 111, 100. Um... Danny Green and Tony Parker will be the keys to victory. Kawhi Leonard will be good enough, I think. But I think Parker and, and uh, Green will be the guys that kind of bury the Wolves down the stretch, unfortunately, in San Antonio, Texas. Let's continue to move along so this uh, doesn't drag all day, all night. I finally had a semi-shorter first segment, you could say. <laughs> but it's not a fun It's it's not fun when you're just kind of down, and, down in the jumps talking about the Wolves. Wednesday, December the 30th, the Utah Jazz come to town. The Utah Jazz come to town. Kind of almost like an anniversary of sorts when I went to the Wolves uh, last year. Went to a Wolves and, and Jazz game, which was a pretty quiet game. Ah, Dante Exum. Mm, mm. Dante Exum is out with a... <sighs> torn left ACL. That's obviously old news. Uh, Gobert is an MCL sprain. This as of December the second. Of course, Tony Exum, yeah, to ACL. That's again old news. Uh, back spasms for Derek Favors of late, but don't be surprised if he plays. Trey Burke, he's not even starting anymore. I don't know. Uh, Rodney Hood, Booker, all these guys. Hayward is a guy that tends to uh, torch the Wolves every time we play the Utah Jazz. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go on a positive note. Uh, the Jazz are 12 and 16. I don't see the Wolves winning in Utah very much, but it seems like they, it's for some strange reason lately, the Wolves flip-flop and then they win in Utah and can't beat them at home. But I think this time around, I think the Wolves will beat the Utah Jazz in target center. Uh, fairly low-scoring game. I think they will contain them to a point. I do see Gordon Hayward still winding up with his like 22-25-ish range, unfortunately. Favors and Towns will be an interesting matchup. Uh, Hayward is ultimately averaging about 19 points a game this year. Favors and Towns will be good, though. You get two athletic big men who've been successful so far. Uh, Towns is actually already better than Favors, you could say. In the rebounding category, points about the same, about 16 to 17 a game for the two guys. It'll be a fun matchup between Favors and Towns, though I do think Towns will win the day between the two, ultimately. As good as Favors is finally becoming. It took him like half a lifetime to get there. Um, Hayward is the guy that'll beat you, though. If, if the Wolves lose this game, it'll be because of Hayward. Uh, Rodney Hood is kind of almost like another, uh, uh, what's his name? Marvin Williams, almost, but, uh, he's a little better than him, but he's similar to him. <laughs> the usual, like, 12 points, 2 rebound type of player. Nothing overly special, but occasionally does go off and can drive you absolutely nuts when it does happen. You just hope it isn't us. That would really suck. Uh, 34% three-point shooter. Not not so good this year, though. He was actually better last year than this year. Uh, kind of sad that Exum is out for the season with that ACL. But again, that, that was old news, but I'm just bringing it up now. That's why you're not seeing him play. Trey Burke, though, what a disappointment he has been. A lot of people thought he was going to be the special player. 11 points, 2 rebounds, about 3 assists. That doesn't spell point guard. I mean, it spells Troy Hudson. Did I say that? Yeah, he's just kind of a Troy Hudson. And why people out there were, well, I don't know. I don't know why a lot of people like Troy Hudson so much. But when you notice a steady decline for Trey Burke from his rookie year, averaging about 13.6 assists, and last year about the same amount of points, and then the assists keep dropping. And now down to three assists a game, and the minutes are dropping year in, year out for Trey Burke in his third year now. I don't know. I don't know. And a lot of people swore by this guy. They thought he was going to be a really nice player in this league. I'm not seeing it. 
not seeing it, and it's unfortunate. Uh, Raul Neto, I don't know why he's starting. He's not much of a player, but he he he, he does start a lot. They seem to like see having Troy Burke come off the bench. Trey Burke, I called him Troy because of Troy Hudson. Um, nothing special about this guy. I barely know who he is out of Brazil. Wasn't uh, <laughs> he was a, he was a second round pick for the Atlanta Hawks. I ended up winding with the uh, the Jazz later on. It's just his rookie year. Who knows. But they seem to like him so far. He doesn't play as much as Trey Burke, but they, they start him out for some strange reason. I, I I don't know. I'm confused with that one. I think the Wolves win this one, though. Long story longer. Or to make a long story short, we'll go with 98-94. Wolves will win in a fairly close game. They'll keep things... Yeah, it'll be close. Uh, they'll keep things... They'll, they'll keep the clamps down. I don't think Utah has enough weapons this time around. The Wolves' defense needs to be better against this team. They have one player out there that's really like dangerous, and that's Gordon Hayward, and he's killed the Wolves in the past. Contain him. At least keep him to a decent amount, and then shut other guys down. There's no reason you should have Trey Burke going for 20, Anya, Rodney Hood, somebody like that. There's just no reason. And I gotta hope Towns and, and Garnett and Gorgie will be able to uh, shut down Derek Favors down there in the lane. I gotta hope so. Um, as for Mr. Gobert, he's not been available, unfortunately, for the Utah Jazz, he's he's uh, out with an MCL sprain, as I was saying before. So that's the thing. Um, if Gobert plays, it'll make things more interesting. That's the scary part, ultimately, for the Jazz. Again, he hasn't played since late November. So that's another reason why the Wolves should win this game. No Rudy Gobert. So get the job done. Gobert is probably the second best, well, third best player. That, that's a pretty dangerous uh, front line when you have those guys together with uh, Gordon Hayward. Holy moly. But... That's the reason why the Jazz aren't having a very successful season thus far. Let's move on. 98-94. Wolves win. Wolves win. That'll be a Carl Anthony Towns type of game, in my humble opinion. That yep. Uh, so now the Wolves head to Detroit. Thursday, December the 31st. Happy New Year. Now again, I hope again all of you had a Merry Christmas, and now it's Happy New Year time. The Detroit Pistons continue to win games in Detroit, Michigan with with head coach Stan Van Gundy or Super Mario or whatever you want to call him because he looks like Mario. He's not Italian, but he looks like Mario, I suppose, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, 17 and 14, Detroit. They're in the playoff picture over there in the Eastern Conference. I remember they were last year, but they really are this year. I kind of like the Pistons a little bit. Uh, Brandon Jennings has been out for a long, 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 long time. There's Possible rumors he might get traded to the uh, New York Knicks or something because Reggie Jackson is deadly. He's a deadly SOB. They beat the Timberwolves in Target Center back on November 20th, about Thanksgiving week. But for some strange, unexplained reason, yet it's a, but it's a very positive thing, the Wolves always win in Detroit. I don't know what it is, but they play great in the Palace. They just love the Palace of Auburn Hills. I think the Wolves go into Detroit and have a surprising victory. Yeah, I, I I think so. I think the Wolves get it done. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I, this is a Rubio type of game. I have a feeling Rubio is gonna get like like ten, fifteen assists in Detroit. I, I I got a feeling, and then Wiggins is gonna really show up against Marquise Morris. I think a lot of people are sick of hearing about him anyway. Either one of the Morrises were tired of it. Um, Drummond, obviously a deadly rebounder and stuff. Hopefully and stuff. Yeah, but a, a deadly rebounder, double double machine, all of that. But you got to hope that, um, well, and of course, Gorgie Zheng will be starting, and he'll be going against Ilya Silva. I think that's a winnable battle for a Gorgie as well. Gorgie will definitely be starting because it's a back-to-back. Kevin Garnett will not play in the game. I can already predict that in advance. The real key for the Wolves to win this game is to contain Reggie Jackson in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, Steve Blake is capable of hitting threes as well, and Catavius Caldwell-Pope has really gotten on our nerves as well <laughs> in the past. A, a guy who could have been here, but it's not our fault that he didn't play here because he was taken one pick ahead of the walls. We didn't pass on him. <laughs> the, the Pistons wouldn't let him come here. So, But we're happy to have Gorgie and Shabazz. This is another type of game I think that could be a Shabazz type of game as well. I can see Rubio getting a lot of assists in this game. I, it, it's just got that feeling, as far as I'm concerned, that Rubio's going to go out there and perform. I, it, for some reason, Wolves... <laughs> I mean, Rubio's had success over there in Detroit, and I remember Randy Foy years ago just tore them up. I still remember that very well. Um, but I, I think the keys in this one, Wiggins, Rubio... I can see Wiggins really showing up in this one, getting like a big, big game. This is, I think, going to be his biggest game of the week. You might see 30 out of Wiggins in this one. Several free throw attempts, maybe some highlight dunks, hopefully, can put something on Andre Drummond. That would be pretty awesome to see him pull that off. But again, if the Wolves are going to win this game, they need to contain Reggie Jackson, particularly in that fourth quarter when he drives that lane and puts up the shots as well. The way he attacks the basket, he's very clutch, very dangerous. That's going to be the key. Ultimately, in this one, hopefully Wiggins, who will probably be starting at shooting guard, not small forward, can contain Contavious Caldwell-Pope this time around. And I think the Wolves will get revenge on these Pistons and will win the game. Uh, last time around, it was 96-86 in favor of Detroit. But I think the Wolves will get a surprising victory to end the to end the 2015. And they'll win their 12th game of the season. They'll be 12-20 and 20 at the time. Which will be uh, which will be okay. I mean, you're eight games under 500. It's not not great, but at least you'll get you'll end the season on a positive note. I just kind of have a good vibe every time I go there. We always play well there for whatever reason, and I do think again Wiggins will have his biggest game of of the week in Detroit, Michigan. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, and the Wolves will wind up with winning this one again. A lower scoring deal. Neither team will reach 100. I think it's going to be low, like 92. To 87, 92 to 87, Minnesota wins, and Wiggins, again, will be the star of the game, but Rubio will have double-digit assists, up to 15 in this one. I think he's going to have a big one, a la that Brooklyn Nets game. I just got a vibe. I just got a vibe, and that's how you, that's why I predict games. Milwaukee Bucks come to Minnesota Saturday, January the 2nd. We reign in the new year. Oh, goody, 2016. It's going to be an extremely interesting season. The Wolves and the Bucks records are pretty similar. And you got a guy by the name of Jabari Parker over there in Milwaukee who's still, well, coming off that ACL and such. Nothing special so far. Uh, Wiggins hasn't beat right now when it comes to the two players. If you want to compare the two for the next 15 years or so, especially if they both stick around here in the Midwest and Minnesota and Milwaukee, which I think would be awesome if they both stay in the in, in, with their original teams that drafted them, especially Wiggins. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, Jabari, Bar- Jabari Parker... In the, in the 25 games he was able to play last year before the ACL, his numbers were still better than what he's put up this year. It's an ACL year. It's like, what can you say? Kind of hard to get a sample size on this guy. Uh, he played 25 games last year, and now he's reached 25 this year. It's kind of ironic how that turns out. He's down about, uh, about a point and a half a game to about 11 points a game. Rebounds, only four. Just... Uh, Less field goal attempts, less aggressive, but his field goal percentage is still very strong, about 48% playing inside, and he makes his free throws about 80%, which is pretty good for a, for a, a power forward. Uh, a small power forward at 6'8", but a powerful guy. Um, he can play both positions, kind of a tweener. That might actually be his downfall. That, that, that whole tweener thing can drive you nuts, where a guy doesn't have a, a full identity. Is he an inside guy or, or a 
or an outside guy. Ultimately, Jabari is an inside guy, but he's undersized a little bit. That's the thing that can hurt him. Uh, the Bucks had a little two-game win streak going for a little uh, for a time there against Phoenix and Philly, and then got beat pretty handily against Toronto at home. Uh, what do you make of this one? Uh, Minnesota and Milwaukee haven't played yet this year. I think we win this one. I think you're going to have a second win here, and the Wolves are going to end 2015 with the win, and I think they're going to start 20, 2016 with a win against the Milwaukee Bucks. You have another, uh, you have, yeah, you still have, yeah, you have Greg Monroe, the former Detroit Piston, uh, Michael Carter Williams, who's he's a point guard and he's not a point guard, and OJ Mayo's the bag of point guard. Another guy who's not a point guard, but he's a point guard. Whatever, I I I don't know, man. Um, Carter Williams, I'm not I'm I'm not a big fan. He puts up numbers, but again, another guy without an identity. That's kind of the that's kind of the Bucks right now. A, a team without an identity is it? Uh, Greg Monroe is a center, and there you go. There's an identity. Uh, the Greek freak can play a bit, without a doubt. Certainly didn't belong in the dunk competition last year, but it's always fun to see those two guys out there. Uh, it'll be fun to see uh, Shabazz and the Greek Freak go at it in this one. I think that'll be a really interesting matchup. Right now, I think the Greek Freak is pretty much the best player on the Bucks at this point in time. He was a pretty nice pick in between Gargi and Shabazz. Wolves passed on the Greek Freak and took Shabazz, much to some people's chagrin out there. He's the true power forward of the Bucks, even though Parker's kind of another power forward, even though he plays small forward, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it gets confusing, I know. Uh, not much of a rebounder, though, for for uh, for his height, but certainly an aggressive athletic player. If the Bucks beat the Timberwolves, it'll be because of him. Uh, I remember him beating us up pretty bad last time around, and you'll finally see Wiggins and Parker play against each other. It'll be nice to see them finally really play further along into their careers now, like more than a <laughs> like more than a year in, at least in, in Wiggins' case, you could say. But still, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I think Wiggins performs well in this one. Big time. I think Wiggins will get about 25-ish. Wouldn't be surprised. I, this is going to be a big week for Wiggins, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to have to be against San Antonio, but he probably, odds are he probably won't perform like I was... Like I was hoping for, it's just that he needed to perform well in order for the Wolves to uh, be successful in San Antonio. But I think he's going to have big games against uh, Detroit and Milwaukee. It won't be as big against the Bucks, though. I, I just got a feeling about that Detroit game. But the Bucks game, he'll he'll be maybe twenty three to twenty four ish, something like that. Twenty five. Uh, I think the Wolves win again, though. This one's going to be one hundred to ninety two. I think the Wolves have a nice, solid victory. Make some free throws. Down the stretch, the Bucks have to follow foul the Wolves, and they win the game. And they now they now win their thirteenth game of the season. And we had to fill it. No, that's what am I looking at? That's the that's it. Pardon me. That is four games. I already previewed four games. I'm, I'm a mess here, and I do apologize. Like we head to Philadelphia the next week, Monday, January the fourth. So that'll be the first game to preview at the. Uh, in the second segment of next week's show. Man, I almost previewed five games here. What am I doing? I'm going ape crap here. <laughs> so I think the Wolves actually win a few games to uh, keep things moving here. Actually win three in a row. I think I'm sounding a little too positive. Maybe we should lose to the Bucks or something. But I I don't know. The Bucks game is probably the one we would lose. But that, that's just me. <laughs> because the Wolves don't seem to want to perform at home for some reason. And again, forgive me if I'm going ape crap here. I don't know if I have too much coffee or what. I'm like bouncing all over the place. Um... Kind of got lost there. I was like, I just kept going and going. I almost, I almost stretched into the fifth game there. So I have the Wolves winning three games in a row. I don't know where I'm coming up with that, but these are winnable games. So win them. 
That, that's basically the message I'm sending to the Timberwolves right now when I do this. <laughs> that's three wins in a row. That's crazy. So that'll actually be their uh, their 15th win. What the hell am I doing, right? That's all many wheels, games the Wolves won last year. But they'll be 15 and 20. They'll still be struggling a bit. So <laughs> nothing spectacular. 14th win. 14th win of the year. They'll win their 14th game against the Bucks. 14-20 when we come back, in my humble opinion. Still nothing special, but but better. And nice momentum to start off the, the uh, year of uh, 2016, in my humble opinion. That'll be cool. So let's wrap this up before I say anything crazier. We'll be back for Fan Interaction, segment number three, right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction. Time to hear from you guys out there across the Great Divide, and of course in the Twin Cities as well. I'll start with Twitter this time around. It's at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion to follow the Twitter and comment. You can comment at me during games, whenever. Really like hearing from all of you out there. Uh, Jared Smitty, never uh, <laughs> never be afraid to tweet Wolves Explosion or Timberwolves Explosion, but you get the idea because Timberwolves Explosion won't fit. I uh, always love when he tweets me. It's, it's helpful and Nice to get interaction from people. Uh, this week, though, nobody, uh, ultimately nobody tweeted me, but I did get retweets from Vince and Tanae Brown. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, retweets when I posted the uh, episode 160, Wiley E. Coyote, Wiley Coyote Wall <laughs> was out. Really appreciate you guys retweeting the show. It only helps so much. And did you guys enjoy that show? Wasn't it fun, the Wiley Coyote one? I wish this one was as fun. It's just so much negative stuff. And I didn't really have anything brand new like that to start off with. Just kind of you continue the trend though. The Wiley Coyote. The Wolves start games decently sometimes. And occasionally they go all the way to the fourth quarter and then they hit the wall. Then the Roadrunner runs through the fake uh, the fake tunnel. And Wiley Coyote, the Wolves, try to run through that wall after that team. And bam. Oh, it's, it's still a wall. Sorry, it's not a tunnel. It's just a wall. But, but, but the, other, the other team... They have a right to run through, and we don't for whatever reason, because I guess we're just the uh, you know the jokes on us per se. So let's get to the Facebook page and the search bar on Facebook. Simply type in Timberwolves Explosion Minnesota Timberwolves Show. It'll probably pop up as you're typing. It'll eventually pop up. You know how Twitter, you know how Facebook and Twitter can be. Even Google does that nowadays, obviously. Um, and you can join the page by clicking the big like button near the top there, the, the upper left hand area. Or so, there's a big giant like button. Click that. That would be really appreciated. Thank you very much. Got to mention, Wolves Nation NBA talk out there. Wolves Nation out there. Really got to thank Ryan Newman out there. Really nice guy. Uh, Tons and tons of members out there. Marlena Miles paints some awesome awesome pictures. Huge Timberwolves fan and does some awesome uh, drawings and and, and such out there. She sells them on her website. Uh, She's always on on, on that page as well. So (laughs) don't be afraid to check. Check out what she, what she has to offer. Made a really awesome uh, drawing of Andrew Wiggins. Not sure if that's already sold. It was she was selling it for like two twenty five or something. Pretty pretty good deal there. Really 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 awesome uh, rendering of Mister Andrew Wiggins. So as somebody who's a bigger fan is his. If I had some extra bucks, man, mm-hmm. uh, worthy of worthy of the price in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. Uh, as I try to continue off of uh, the last posting of the show, only got some likes, but thank you very much for those of you that did click like, those of you that are so loyal and so awesome to this show. Uh, Tyus Jones coming from the Idaho Stampede. I posted the article there. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, hopefully he gets some time. He played really well in the D-League, and yes, he did. Averaged about 26 points a game. Just freaking awesome. Remember Shabazz did that, and then he came up and kicked some butt. Uh, and Tyus did get some playing time. It was nice to see. But it looks like Andre Miller right now is the casualty, which is kind of sad because I liked what Andre brought. I don't know. It just is what it is. got to let the young guys play. Uh, Andre, will, Andre will play some more, I'm sure. So let's see if I can catch up here. Crikey, I left off with that. was a nope. And then today, da, da, da. Joe Phillips. Joseph Phillips out of Australia as well, saying, watching the Wolves is making me sick at the moment. And this was uh, around the Celtics game. The Celtics game was probably finishing up at this time. or Yeah, yeah, it had to be because it was an East Coast game. Uh, he says, watching the Wolves is making me sick at the moment. Whether they be ahead or behind at the half, you know that after the, the they after the break, they're going to play like crap and lose the game. Is that a lack of self-belief or stupid coaching? Is it really frustrating? It is really frustrating. Only made worse by losing to teams that we should be beating. And yeah, you know, Joseph, it's really, it's the Wiley Coyote wall. Um, it really is. At the end of the day, the perimeter defense, and it's played the team for about a decade or more. No response from uh, Mr. Phillips. I don't know. Uh, it's okay, though. I understand. Maybe he got busy or something. But, um... Yeah, it, it's the wall, man. I'm telling you, it's the wall. That, that's what they've been doing. They've been running into the same wall, and it, it's a trend, not a mirage, and it sucks. I wish it would stop. I really do. Uh, Spurs game, there was no, there. the wall was the beginning of the game. It was like, whatever. Uh, pretty inactive this week, so this is going to be a shorter show. Uh, it is what it is. It probably should be a shorter show, because this wasn't a fun week at all. Uh, unless you had a good Christmas and everything, and I hope you did. And oftentimes, during holiday weeks, like Christmas, like New Year's, like Thanksgiving and July 4th, stuff like that. You tend to get lower listenership, which is unfortunate. Uh, State Fair Week, too. Holy cow. Though, why wouldn't you want to listen to a podcast while you're walking around amongst all that crazy crap? You can just put your earphones on, damn it. Come on, people. Put your earphones on. You're vacuuming your your apartment floor or your living room floor or whatever. Put your earphones on. Come on. You could, you, you could listen. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. No, Facebook, Twitter. What am I saying? iTunes, Stitcher, Double Twist. Come on now, come on. And eventually Potomatic, one of these decades. No, one of these days. Hank McCoy of the Courtside Podcast. Now I get to shout out to them. Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, Courtside Podcast. Check it out. Timberwolves Explosion is Courtside approved. And Courtside is Timberwolves Explosion approved. Doggone it. Very deserving of uh, <laughs> very deserving of that, without a doubt. Probably the best basketball show on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Hank McCoy out of Sydney, Australia. Vince Germano out of Victoria, Australia, or better mentioned, uh, Melbourne, Australia, to be more exact. Uh, Hank says, Merry Christmas, Joey. Speaking of Christmas, if you could give your T-Wolf starters one present for the holiday season, what would it be? And why didn't I have more of a theme like that? That was uh, Hank's little cue there to have a theme. And look what I did. Look what I did. Just a, just a, just a, ah, just a lazy bloke, aren't I? Damn it. And trust me, that's not intentional. Not at all. And I said, basketball-wise, or just uh, just an actual gift? And Hank replies with, because I wanted to make sure exactly what he meant. I figured it's kind of like bas- yeah, basketball-ish. Yep. And he said, well, I'd like in my present to that of the Wizard of Oz. Wiggins, I'd buy some courage for fourth quarters, yes. 
See, he has it, and then it goes away, and then he has it, and it goes away, and Kayshawn, I'd buy some heart. Look at this guy. Yep, he's, he's the tin man, huh? Martin, I'd ask for a brain, and ask to be traded. Yeah, um, I kind of, to a lesser extent, would put that to uh, Mr. Levine as well. The shot selection of the era, it, it seems like both of those guys are what you'd call as the classic gunner, the guy that drives you crazy on the basketball car because they gun too much. Kevin Martin and uh, Zach Levine. Uh, Levine is a very, very talented individual. I love when he's flying to the basket in Duncan. And you know what? He can scorch from the outside. And even Kevin Martin can scorch from the outside. But sometimes you got to chill out a little bit. You can't just constantly launch threes unless there's a play. There needs to be a play. That's the difference between the San Antonio Spurs and the the uh, the average, um, you know, the J.J. Barreas, Luke Ridnauers, Kevin Martins, Zach Levines, Rashad McCants's, and and uh, Rodney Stuckey's, and, and this and that of the NBA. When you're dribbling up and shoot the ball, shooting the ball, that's not good basketball. The, the Spurs dribble up, pass, pass, pass. Up oh, now, these open. <laughs> The Warriors did that for a while until Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, whatever, Stephen Curry became a, a video game glitch where somebody entered some code somewhere, some 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 code, NBA 2K code, that like up, down, right, right, up, left, up, whatever the hell, what, what is it, uh, up, up, down, down, right, left, right, left, uh, <laughs> AB start, whatever, whatever the Contra code is, right, uh, they entered that in and it's like, uh, Invin- uh, it's like uh, un- unlimited three-pointers. That's basically what Stephen Curry is because, yeah, somebody entered a code and he just throws it up. So he's a rare, weird exception to the rule where you could kind of play like a jackass. That's kind of why I don't like the Warriors that much, where they just dribble and throw the ball up for wherever the hell they want and it still goes in. That's why I don't like the Warriors that much because that's not good basketball. The Spurs, I'm not a big fan of them because of the, the, the well, we're not rivals. It's more like the bully picking on the the the, uh, the littler kid. That's kind of us. Uh, and the good passes leading to the open man for the three. The Lakers with the triangle offense, Shaq and Kobe and all that, bringing the ball up the court. Pass, pass around. Up, oh, Rick Fox, three, good. Pass, pass, pass around. Robert Ory, three, good. Pass, pass around, you know, this and that. Stuff like that. Steve Kerr, three, good. Oh, and by the way, now you got Jordan and in the Bulls era, uh, Shaq in the in the Lakers era, Kobe in the Lakers era, stuff like that. You got all kinds of weapons. Now I'm just saying. See, now you have a Wiggins and Town situation, so why not set things up where a Martin or a Levine or such can have spot up threes where they don't have to just force up shots all the time. That's the difference. That's the difference. Uh, <laughs> there, I, I got to that finally. I probably could have gotten to that take earlier. Hopefully you guys didn't fall asleep before I got to that one. So I apologize for that. I, I really do. So finishing on strong, out, out like a lion, right? In like a lamb, out like a lion, I suppose. I'm trying to be like Wiggins, damn it. <laughs> oh, where was I this show, damn it? No, no, I think I did just fine. It's just uh, this was when I get more intense. And I like, I, I like when I get intense, but you can't do that the whole show. You can't do it. It's too much sometimes. It'll wear the listener out probably even more than, than anything else. But um, it's, it's good to have it, though. At some point in the show to get to get pretty intense. So there you go. Thank you, Hank. You did it again, buddy. You're the best. That's why you're, that's why you are the best host and best producer I know, man. <laughs> top, top of the line. Top. You got me going. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Kevin Garnett says is looking for a home, so I'd hang his jersey in the rafters. LOL. Look at this guy. Well, yeah, I'd hang his jersey in the rafters too. Uh, he can't play forever. Some guys they play that that one year too many. 
Kobe Bryant is kind of one of those guys, yet at the same time, the way Kobe's still able to move around in that court, and I'll save this for Showtime and Teals too, I'll definitely get this going, but the way he's still able to move around, you'd think he could last another two, three years if he'd use his brain, a la Kevin Martin and Jack Levine, and distribute more, rather than just force up shots. Stop forcing up shots, they're not going in. Stop it, stop it, please. You know, okay, it, it went in sometimes, but you're, there's no game glitch with you, okay? Curry's just got some weird game glitch. Eventually, it's going to run out, and when it does, crash. Uh-oh, sorry to say that, but game over. <laughs> and I don't need to enter that soundbite in. I already did. I already used two of them on this show, the Ninja Gaiden one early and the Mario one later. So <laughs> uh, there's, there's no third strike. There's only two, so I, I don't want to strike three. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Hank. You are awesome, man. Hank McCoy, Courtside Podcast. Also, do check out, though, I haven't mentioned it lately, and I feel bad. Um, but they never mentioned me, those mean guys, but uh, they don't mean it that way. They, they love the show, and, and I've heard it multiple occasions, so I don't hold it against them. Uh, the Crossover Podcast, which is also available on the thesportstuff.com and iTunes, so we're, we've been neighbors over there. We've been roommates on the thesportstuff.com for better part of a decade now, man. I mean, 2000, January 2008, we're coming into 16, so almost eight years now on there. Holy moly, man. Uh, the Timberwolves explosion didn't officially start until August, but it started Paladino Live way back then and talked to Wolves all the way back then. So, yeah, uh, crossover podcast, New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, or Nets, Knicks, whatever you want to go. The New York area, both of them in the, uh, well, at least uh, Rusty is from Sydney, Australia, so he's like the Hank McCoy of that show. And then the ever-cool uh, P-Mac, Paul McCann out there as well. I forget what city he's from, doggone it, but he's from Australia as well. I'll look that up, and I apologize. Um, though it probably doesn't matter too much right now. Worthy listen. I want to thank you guys for tuning into the show. Those of you maybe locally that are new from the uh, the Wolves Nation podcast, or podcast, the Wolves Nation Facebook page. Uh, those of you that are new out there, maybe Sang is listening, uh, Marlena's maybe, uh, and another another guy out there, and I'm forgetting his name. Message me if you can. I remember he said he'd like to come on as a guest sometime. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, and it's what happens when you wanna when you, when you talk on a page like that with all those members. The the, the it scrolls down very quickly and disappears. So I uh, I know he's a listener and he likes to he, he likes to put his two cents in about the wolves sometimes. So let me know. Maybe join the Facebook page if you haven't, and just post it on there because I'll be able to see it right away. So would be cool to hear from you. At some point, have you on a guest on at some time? I can't guarantee when because I'm working like seven days a week right now, so it's not easy. It's a miracle I'm able to record it all some days. So, thank you again very much for your guys' listenership. Sorry if I'm dragging this at the end. Um, just thank you so much. God bless you. If you're new to the show and you like it and you're on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, you can write a review. I really appreciate it if you would. A nice positive review. Tell us what you like about the show. Give it a nice five-star rating to push this show near the top for the Minnesota Timberwolves out there because a lot of weeds have popped up the past couple years and it pisses me off. I've been around for eight years or so and they haven't. You, you, you get my drift, so it kind of pisses me off. They just pop up and act like they're ten times better. I, I don't think so. I don't think so, man. I just don't. I'm the George Washington, the founding father of Timberwolves podcasting. I'm the guy, doggone it. <laughs> I'm the original. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm the best, but I think I think this is the best show, though. I do. So thank you very much for your listenership, your support. We'll be back again within a week. I, w- I, I would hope so. Until then, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you in 2016.